Be sure to listen all the way to the end of this episode because Coach Liz comes on for Miles of Books. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined in studio by Molly Williams and Augie. Hello, Molly. Hello, Sarah. Welcome back from your retreat. Yes, yes. It's been too long since we've seen each other, Molly. I know. It has been a while. Yeah, yeah. So, in fact, you have made a return to running since we've seen each other last. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, 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 sort of. Yes, yes. Been be doing... proud. Be loud. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. A little walk run going on. So... I've gotten up to running five blocks, walking one. I'm That's sl- great. Yeah. I'm, and I've done three miles. I'm slow as heck. Mm-hmm. And I can't even believe how slow I am. I, I look down at my watch and I'm like, well, no, surely this is the time and not my speed. <laughs> and yet it is. And you're on military time. Oh my because gosh. It's, yeah. Uh... <laughs> I can't believe it. But uh, it feels good to be outside. Mm-hmm. And it feels good to be doing it again, but it doesn't feel the way it did. Mm. Did you have that? With your bionic knee. Well, you know, and actually my left, which is the bionic one, feels great. Mm. It's my right one, which I have some arthritis in that one too. And I just, I'm getting a little ouchy in it. And my right one just, I haven't gotten into kind of a rhythm with it. I'm having, mm. yeah, I'm having some soreness up in the quad. It just feels like, like, I think it's been compensating for so long for the left. I've got to like refigure out how to run. Plus it's been such a long time, but did you have any of that when you came back to running and not feeling oh my goodness, the Molly. same or natural? Uh, I don't remember much about my ankle with speaking of hardware. That's why I mentioned that one first, you know, that mm-hmm. I got all the pins yeah. in the plate. I don't remember that one feeling because I'm not really not aware of my hardware in my ankle, mm-hmm. but boy, coming back from the bulging discs was by far the hardest athletic thing I've ever done. Yeah. And it just... You just can't believe. You tell yourself, oh, I used to be able to run, you know, 22 miles for a training run for a marathon. And you just think, really? Really? I I did that. Now I can, you know, running 22 minutes would be outrageous, you know. But my gosh, consistency is a miraculous thing. So Uh, did it feel weird? mm, Oh, yeah. Did it feel different? It felt very unnatural. Okay, that's where I am. Unnatural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then like today, I ran a little over four miles and I felt like a million and a half bucks. Wow. It just, the whole time? Yes. I felt so good. Huh. And even going up hills, I felt great. I just, it felt smooth and almost magical. And how long has it been now in your recovery? I mean, I've been running pretty regularly since the summer, since early summer. Six months in-ish. Um, five-ish. Five-ish. Mm-hmm. And you got your speed back. You even ran a race at the retreat. I did. I did. And and, and did and you won, well. didn't you? <laughs> in my head, I won. Yeah. <laughs> in my head, you did too. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No, but it just, my goodness. I don't know. It, it's miraculous. If you had asked me, you know, a year ago, mm-hmm. oh gosh, things were really rough a year ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I got to tell you, you know, what serves me is optimism. That's what I was realizing. At the Always retreat. it does. Mm-hmm. Always it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. a good way to be. Yeah. And, and that is my nature. Mm-hmm. And I realize that's a hard vibe for some people to feel, mm-hmm. but 
just as much as people can do it, I think. So just, yeah. you know, I mean, you thought you would never run again. Well, and that's what I hearken back to. And when I started running at 41, mm-hmm. I didn't think I could run. Mm-hmm. I, I was proud as heck to be able to do two miles and mm-hmm. couldn't believe that I ever got to a marathon, let alone four marathons. So, you know, I mean, anything is possible. On the other hand, if I feel like I have too much arthritis in my right knee, then mm-hmm. I probably won't do it. But what I found is that the pain in my right knee, which is my non-surgical one, has been getting better the more I've done it and the more I've been going to PT and working on some other things. So I am optimistic. I mean, and who knows, right? But I'm going to keep walking the path. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, getting back to running, I also remember how much I hate getting up in the morning. <laughs> And if you want to poop, go for a run. (laughs) No no doubt. Because on the days you don't run, it's like, oh, okay. You know, it's not, there's, how does the body know that you're not going to run? How much poop can one body have? And and thank goodness I found a porta potty that was open. Because, like, in this city, in this day, it used to be back in the day, right? You'd see a porta potty would be unlocked, and now it has a massive padlock. And we'd see a porta potty every block. Mm -hmm. So, I, and yeah, so now with, you know, economic downturn, blah, 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 and the homeless situation, right? I found one pristine unlocked <laughs> i went in there and i just like anyway christened I, it yeah yeah <laughs> i made sure it was nice and clean when i left but but i was like dang man yeah i remember this this problem <laughs> oh my goodness oh my goodness well molly i'm very glad that you are back to running and i will siphon some of my optimism towards you and and i look forward to going out with you sometime oh do you yes oh can you go that slow <laughs> for you i can do anything oh yeah. Yeah. Well, i will look forward to that as well <laughs> all right well our guest today is carrie strong she is co-owner of palmetto running company and co-founder of the low impact alliance carrie is the mother of two school-aged daughters she and her family live on lovely hilton head island where we just had our retreat and we will be talking with carrie about ways us runners can lower our impact on the environment So thanks for joining us, Carrie, and for doing the good work you do. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, so Carrie, you've been a runner for about five years now. How are you liking running? You've jumped in with both feet, I hear. (laughs) I have a funny relationship with running. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I grew up probably being the least active person ever. Um, my, My brother and dad were always that, like, naturally athletic person that could just roll out of bed and run a marathon. I was always very envious of that. But I honestly didn't really even think about it until after I had my second child, Ellie. It was right around the same time that I came on as an owner of Palmetto Running Company. And like most women, I was struggling with postpartum depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. So through this and, you know, just getting to know the running community around here, I I learned the incredible benefits that running has on mental health. Mm -hmm. So that's what really resonated with me. Mm. Well, very mm. good. Uh, I have an Ellie as well. Oh, nice. Yes, this year's an Eleanor. Great name. She's just an Ellie. Well, Ellie Lou. That's, oh, that's very cute. All right. Well, <laughs> Thank uh, you. The Alliance was founded just two years ago. What was the genesis of the idea? So uh, my brother and I are co-owners of Palmetto Writing Company. Our dad started the business. Um, but when I came on five years ago, We really wanted to change up the way we were doing business. We really took a step back and reevaluated our core values. And as millennial parents, we both have two daughters. We really 
are super passionate about environmentalism and climate change. And where we live, it's super present. It's in our faces every day. As I'm Mm -hmm. sure you saw when you were here a few weeks ago, Mm -hmm. we have over 500 sea turtle nests on Hilton Head Island every year. And we seed the amount of trash that goes into the ocean. And it's very heartbreaking. So as business owners, we are in this for way more than just making money. We want to make a difference in not only our community, but in the planet. So we took it upon ourselves to create what we called the PRC Eco Initiative in 2018, which is where we took it upon ourselves to bring in more responsibly made products to go out in the community and make a big difference. We were doing that for a few years and got a decent amount of attention from the industry. And with the push from our friends at On and Brooks, we decided to make this a real thing, to make it a scalable global movement. So with the similar ideas we were able to create this alliance of runners, brands, and retailers to make significant change within our industry, which has a huge impact on our planet. Right on. So in easy to grasp terms, what would you say is the mission of the Low Impact Alliance? As I said before, we're a collective of retailers, athletes, and brands, and we're just advocating for a more sustainable running industry. A big thing that we believe in is that we exist to call people in and not call people out. Mm. We promote transparency and environmental responsibility, and we love to inspire action, advocate, and help educate. Nice, nice. So Carrie, I love the tagline for the Low Impact Alliance, small strides for big change. Elaborate a bit on that. We believe that even the smallest steps can help make a difference. Let's be real, sustainability is super intimidating, and none of us are experts. So we believe in starting small. We start with realistic and attainable goals. And as it's our mission to bring runners and retailers together, if we're all making these small efforts, we can collectively move the needle and spark change within the industry. Good. Well, certainly here on the West Coast, uh, environmental consciousness is high on everybody's list of things. And, you know, we all are seeing the effects of what we've done to our environment. How do you as owners and staffers help other running stores become more, you know, conscious about the environment and able to help the environment? Sure. So when it comes to owning a run specialty store, it's all about the 360 approach. You can't just talk the talk. You got to walk the walk. Mm -hmm. So we really guide retailers on what that process looks like. The first step being buying more intentionally. Mm -hmm. We love to spread the word about brands and products that are being made responsibly through the Low Impact Alliance. A lot of brands struggle to educate retailers on what products are actually made out of. (laughs) So we advocate for brands that are doing the work and we're able to put together product spotlights on our social media and through emails. Mm -hmm. A great example is the running event is coming up in a few weeks, which is one Mm -hmm. of the largest running conventions in the country. We will be hosting a brand showcase where we're going to be spotlighting emerging brands, three in particular, on the trade show floor at TRE in front of thousands of retailers, which will be really exciting. And some journalists. I'm going to be there. Yeah. Oh, oh, wonderful. Wow. wonderful. <laughs> so we'll get you'll to meet to, in person. Yeah. Yeah. You'll have to stop by our booth. Um, this will be the first year we have a booth, which is really exciting. Mm, very exciting. So before you would just walk the show, not just, but you would walk the show floor and talk to... Mm-hmm. 
brands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this this will be our first year as an organization with a booth. We're actually named the environmental impact partner of the running event. So oh. for the next three years, we will be consulting with them to help lessen the waste um, and improve the sustainability of the event in general, which is really exciting. It is exciting because are there other organizations out there trying to do similar things? It seems to me because the backstory is how you and I connected was I had found Low Impact Alliance. I think I found it through a link on the running events page. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I'd love to have somebody from there on the show. And then separately, you contacted us because you're like, oh, you're bringing all these women runners to Hilton Head. (laughs) I'd love to, you know, bring them into our store, help you out in any way I could. I was like, wait, hold on. Like, (laughs) I connected the dots. So that was, it was, you know, kismet. It was kind of nutty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because there are so many organizations out there doing similar work, but none of them are focused on running. Mm. There are a lot of amazing organizations out there in the outdoor industry, which the outdoor industry is light years ahead of running when it comes to sustainability. Mm. We find that the outdoor industry is super mindful of the outdoors and protecting the environment, whereas running traditionally in not a bad way, is a very selfish sport. You know, it's about bettering ourselves. So we think mostly about ourselves and our bodies and bettering us. But through COVID, we gained this new runner that is running to be outside, to get out of the house, to work on mental health, to enjoy the outdoors. And there is this bigger demand for protecting the environment. So we found that there was this real need within Run Specialty to not only educate the retailers that are having these customers come in asking for more responsibly made products, um, but also for advocating for the work that the brands are doing. Hmm. Hmm. And you make that assumption that that this was new COVID runners because of the people who are coming into your store and they're kind of bringing a different message than people were in 2018 or 2019? Yeah, I sincerely believe that, that that's the case. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's obviously people out there that were running well before COVID that are passionate about the environment, but we really felt more of a demand with this shift in this new runner um, just because they started running for, for different reasons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, we, we like a good silver lining to come out of something. Mm-hmm. So For sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and are you working with races to help them follow best practices and maybe even improve those protocols? Races not only have the largest footprint of anything in our industry, but they're probably the most controllable and easy to reduce. Mm-hmm. While it's not something that we've, as an alliance, have entirely figured out, we have been honored to put together an incredible team of people throughout the industry to host roundtables focused around hosting zero waste events. You can actually view one of the most recent ones on our YouTube channel. We had someone from one of our favorite peer organizations called Runners for Public Lands on that webinar. And we were able to talk up their free race director hub that they actually created on their website. So as a peer organization, we love lifting up other groups that are doing similar work rather than doing more of the same. So we love lifting up Runners for Public Lands are great friends of ours. They created this incredible guide that anyone can go on and check out and download because this is a super important topic and there's a lot of efforts left to be made. I saw somewhere that some races were not doing cups. Yeah, yeah. Cupless races. How does that work? So (laughs) there's a few ways that you can do it. 
there's actually some incredible companies out there that actually make silicone reusable cups that can be squished into your hand and easily put in your pocket and you carry with you and then just refill mm-hmm. at water stations. So it's really just a matter of creating connections with your local water providers. Um, They can bring these like mobile water stations out to races, which is really incredible. And so what would that be? Would it be like a big cooler or would it be a hose or like how would you do that quickly? So there's either a big cooler or they're actually able to like tap into the local water system. So the same place that you get water Uh from in your house, which is really amazing. Okay. And like run a tap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It'd be kind of like, you know, a beer tap, but with water. So it's it was super cool what? and it's a really simple way to reduce waste on the yeah. course. And the advantage of that is you could also splash it on yourself a little bit. Exactly, and, exactly. And just stick it back in there. Okay. So people know to show up with the cups, I guess. Yeah, they <laughs> so for the most part, those those cups usually can be like branded for the race. Like uh-huh. they might just have New York City Marathon on it or something like that. And so they can hand them out with packet pickup and so that they know to bring those cups with them, which is really cool. That's a great idea. What about like goose and stuff? Is any of that becoming recyclable? Those yes, packages? yes. So really? we are wonderful friends with Goo. We have been working on a really cool project with them over the last few months, where we are actually creating a recycling hub that can be provided at stores and races. We are calling it the Better Bin, um, and this mm-hmm. is a product recycling station. So for years, actually, Goo has had this partnership Mm -hmm. with TerraCycle. Are you guys familiar with Mm -hmm. them? Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I was going to chime in. Uh Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So they... I don't know TerraCycle. (laughs) Tell me about TerraCycle. (laughs) TerraCycle is a great recycling program. You can find them a lot at like Whole Foods um, or Kroger. There's a lot of products that you can find at the grocery store that have the TerraCycle symbol on them, which means that they work with these bigger brands, these food brands to take back the wrappers and they can actually recycle oh, them, which is super cool. Okay. They have a lot of other amazing programs. If you have a hard time recycling electronics or anything like that, you can check out their website. But Goo actually created a partnership with TerraCycle to take back nutrition packets, not just from Goo either, from any brand. And Goo pays for it entirely. So it's a free program, which is super, super mm. cool. We are working directly with them that in this product recycling center, this better bin, there will be a nutrition bin. So that way you can bring that to races. You can have it at your store. You can encourage customers to come into your store and bring all of their goo packs, their stroop waffles, like all of all of the packaging that goes into nutrition can be recycled in there, which is amazing. Okay. Well, what are other ways runners on the ground can get involved? Like simple steps that I could do? Definitely follow us. Check out our roundtables. Don't don't stick straws up turtles' noses. <laughs> definitely, definitely don't do that, please. Don't do that. Okay, all right. So follow you and no straws and noses. Okay. Yep. Yep. Check. Check. Um, ask your local running store about what efforts are being made in your community and and how you can get involved. We have been working closely with a lot of stores to encourage more sustainably based events, whether that's blogging or working with a brand to host a special run around a shoe that has sustainable materials in it. There's a lot of really great organizations in everyone's communities that are doing work in the environment that you can help volunteer with. Mm -hmm. And then also just bug your local race director about recycling and compost at the finish line because that's a big one. 
Yeah, that's a great idea. Okay. And how, how are you seeing people showing their green at races and events? Love it. I mean, as I'm sure you guys saw, this m- one of my favorite ones was just recently Tina Muir at the New York City Marathon. Mm-hmm. You know, she ran with Kaylee mm-hmm. Williamson, which was amazing, but she was sporting her skirt made of upcycled waste. It's just absolutely incredible. Wow. Great. Um, yeah. I just love any way that people can find ways to upcycle items. Mm-hmm. You know, that's always my favorite. Yeah. I just made a wizarding robe out of an old curtain. And Sarah and did nothing not but mock me. Oh my god! She's like, "You've got the Carol Burnett." Isn't that mean? And here I am hey, being green I'm just, and recycling. I'm just like, "Hey, fellow nerd over here, wizarding." I'm all about <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. See, that's what I say. <laughs> the, the the fabric it's it's so uh, not pretty. The fabric itself. And I was like, "Um, so are those old curtains?" And she's like, "Yes, they are. They're from Goodwill." Oh my goodness! <laughs> Wizarding is not about being pretty; it's about being menacing, yes, and magical, yes, exactly. Yes. So being you—that's right. all I'm that being, matters. Yeah. That's right. I'm gonna stick the straws up your nose. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to say, all jokes aside, there are far too many straws being used mm-hmm. on Hilton Head. Oh I yeah. Just straws i do not need straws in my water yes. we can't have straws here I, they've I, got they've outlawed i mean you have to ask for a straw in oregon and then you get a paper straw. and then you get a paper straw. yeah which mm-hmm. you're like okay yeah that <laughs> there's no way this is going to survive you. going up my nose <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely a frustrating evolution that happened here a few years back there was a ban on straws but oh. over the last few years they've kind of made their way back and so there is an incredible team on Hilton Head that's really working with the local government to kind of put that back in action because I totally agree, especially in an area that sea turtles are in your face. There is no reason for us to be using straws mm-hmm. at all. I I mean, I, if you could see the look on my face, I mean, I am just perplexed mm-hmm. by that. I mean, I, I just don't get straws. And they don't I, go away. That is an easy thing because now they've got the cup tops that have the little hole in them so you can kind of well but i also don't spill on myself <laughs> oh, i, mean, I know I, if i'm driving somewhere and i'm drinking maybe well, you know, sometimes if, I if you have brakes. like a smoothie or something thick you want a straw that's a spoon it, it is and you know what they make the the portable straws yeah, and exactly can, oh, I, that's have, what i have at home i've mm-hmm. i've got yeah, straws, just bring yeah. your straw with straws. You. yeah mm-hmm. i absolutely yeah mm-hmm. yeah um, we're going to take a quick break to hear from the brands that support us we'll be back shortly stay with us Okay, well, Carrie, you said a word that might have confused people before, um, plogging. Mm. It's quite the buzzword right now. So tell folks what it is and how your organization helps people do it. We love plogging. Um, Plogging is a combination (laughs) of running and jogging. It came out of Europe. I feel like Europe is just, you know, millions of years ahead of America when it comes to sustainability and environmentalism. But it is super fun. Um, So what we do is you know, we encourage stores to host more plogging events instead of a group run or a demo run, host a plog, bring everybody out, get some, some trash bags or work with a local brewery to get some reusable bags that they use for um, their ingredients and just pick up trash while you're out for your run or your walk. It's a little awkward in the beginning. I'm not going to lie. You're definitely not going to make your best time, Um, but you're, you're really stopping and really taking in the environment and looking at what is happening 
and becoming so much more aware of the problem that we have today. So at Palmetto Running Company, we've been doing this for years, working with a local organization here, the Outside Foundation, and we've picked up literal tons of trash in minimal hours, mm. which has been insane. So it's it's super important. And no matter where you are in the country, like what type of area that you live in, it can be done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great idea. Another term I'd love for you to demystify is greenwashing. Mm. Yeah, greenwashing is a very touchy subject for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. But basically when a company spends more time and money on marketing sustainability rather than actually doing the work, that's that's greenwashing. And yes, this is 100% happening in the world right now. And it's something that, that we need to be aware of. But what we need to do more of is lifting up brands and organizations that are at least trying. Through the work that we've found, most brands are working on the environmental impact and they have been for years, but they've just been too afraid to talk about it because of their fear of being labeled as greenwashing. That's oh. why we really live by the code of calling people in and not calling people out. We want people to feel comfortable talking about it because the only way that we're able to make these small strides is encouraging them to get more work done. Mm-hmm. Also, I think that increased transparency helps consumers understand what is being done and why it's being done. I think maybe exactly. a decade or two ago, people would be like, oh, you're trying to cut corners. You're just trying to not use as much fabric or mm-hmm. you know that sort of thing. And it's like, I think consumers, a lot of consumers now demand that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So the manufacturing process for running shoes can have a lot of waste in it. So can mm-hmm. you call out a few brands or models of shoes that are made with more green practices? Oh, for sure. <laughs> I love answering this question because I swear as little as a few years ago, I would have very few answers for you. But today mm-hmm. it's like the majority of top brands are making conscious efforts. And that's super exciting for me to be able to share But off the top of my head, some that have come out this year, actually, the Brooks Ghost Green Silence. So Brooks came out with a version of their Ghost 15 called the Green Silence. In addition to that shoe, the Ghost in general is a carbon neutral shoe, which is amazing. But the Green Silence is dope dyed. Are you guys familiar with that term? No. I read about it on your Instagram account that I now follow. And so, but yeah, explain to people what dope dyeing is because it sounds a little sketch. The name of it. It's not only it sounds a little sketch, it's also like honestly kind of complicated to understand the amount of YouTube tutorials I had to watch to get it. Uh, was, <laughs> yes, was too, there were too a many, lot of slides on the Instagram post about yes, it. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. So think about it this way. During the textile creation process, fibers are usually dyed near the end. So in order to save money, companies usually create a bulk amount of fabric And then they dye it at the end. So dope dyeing actually dyes the fabric before it's actually created, when it's still in the fiber process. So the dyeing happens at the beginning. Because of this, it drastically reduces the water consumption, energy usage, and the release of harmful chemicals into the environment. Mm. So it's pretty cool. It's a little more risky for companies to do because then they're left with one color of fabric, you know, rather than have like being able to dye a fabric any color. But it was a really big move for Brooks to do that. And honestly, the colors were beautiful. So they were probably some of my favorite colors of the ghost. 
there's other brands too that are using similar technology like on their cloud surfer and cloud eclipse that came out this year were also dope dyed and they have a ton of recycled materials in them as well. Hmm. Does that increase the cost? No, not at all, which is a huge thing that we advocate for. When sustainability started becoming more of a buzzword in our industry, there was a lot of talks about, you know, increasing the price because it it increases the cost for the Mm -hmm. companies to make it. But we stood really strong at the very beginning of this that that is not a cost that the consumer should have to pay for. That's a cost that brands should carry because... It's they need to be putting in the work. They need to be covering that cost because of the issues of their brand's impact on the planet. It's not the the consumer's fault. You know, it's kind of like how they upcharge for organic. That's not our mm-hmm. fault, you know? So <laughs> mm-hmm. we we are really grateful that a lot of brands see eye to eye with that idea and they're able mm-hmm. to come in with models that are made more responsibly at the same cost. Yeah, that's good because a lot of times like, I couldn't buy organic because, you know, I just had to watch the price and even though I wanted to. Yeah. Right. So as consumers on the ground, how can we make environmentally smart buying decisions? Number one, just shop more responsibly, you know, talk to your local running stores about products they carry and choose to support the brands that are doing the work. If you're not sure what brands those are, follow us. We are always doing brand spotlights and product spotlights to let you know about the newest stuff that's on the market mm-hmm. that is made responsibly. And we are working closely with with our retail partners to make sure that they are educated on what's happening in the industry as well. Number two, recycle your running gear. A lot of you are probably aware that it's pretty easy to recycle your running shoes. Most mm-hmm. run specialty stores have a box in their store where they're recycling running shoes. Absolutely amazing. There's a bunch of organizations out there doing the work right now. But did you know that you can also recycle your socks or your t-shirts? Where? Anywhere. Anywhere that is part of these programs or will be part of this Better Bin program that we will be launching at TRE in two weeks. So we work directly with Sneaker Impact is going to be who we're working with to recycle shoes. The reason we chose them was their transparency. So they will actually be able to give us a full list of the amount of shoes that are being diverted from the landfill. And they also have the infrastructure to work towards circularity, which is another big word happening in the industry right now, which I'll come back to in a second because I want to tell you about these other awesome companies. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. We've also got Recover Brands, which is an incredible company out of North Carolina. They recycle socks and t-shirts and they make them into new products. So that comes back to that word circular. So you can take all your old race shirts, no matter the material, drop them in the bin, we'll send them back to them, and they'll turn them into new t-shirts, which is super, super cool. Same with socks. And then we're working with Goo to work with TerraCycle for those nutrition packets, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Circularity is the next step in the running industry. The last few years, we've been really focused on adding more recycled materials into our products, which is super important. But at the end of the day, it's still plastic. And plastic takes thousands of years to break down. So the amount of oil and plastic that goes into making a running shoe is absolutely insane. So there are brands out there doing the work to find better materials that can be reused and better materials that will actually allow you to take the shoes apart, clean them, break them down into their original raw material, and then turn them back into a new shoe. Hmm. 
So, and also shoes then can get used for other things. I mean, they can get, be made into like industrial carpeting. They can be mm-hmm. made into the uh, running tracks. I mean, mm-hmm. we have a yeah, lot playground of material in, for sure. Yeah, we have definitely a lot of that here in Portland, given how many massive shoe brands are headquartered out here. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, On is mm-hmm. out in Portland out and, and they're yep. leading the way when it comes to circularity. They actually have a program that you can be a part of right now called the Cyclone Program, where they have a fully circular shoe that's made from castor beans, which is huh. sounds insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's called the Cloud Neo, and it's actually a subscription-based model where you pay a monthly fee, they send you a shoe, you wear it until it's worn down, you send it back, you get a new shoe, and they turn that one into a new one. It's yeah. super cool, and they have a, a shirt as well that's the same process. So they kind of spearheaded this circularity idea for the industry. And there's a few brands that come next year are going to be debuting a similar model. But thankfully, everybody's focusing more now on how to get those shoes into run specialty doors rather than them just being a subscription based. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty cool work. Mm -hmm. And we have out here in Portland and a couple other major cities. I know Denver, Seattle, some other places have, have you heard of Ridwell? No. So it's a a service that you pay for. You have a little bin out on your front porch or by your back door or whatever you want. And they have Mm -hmm. different categories like threads is the one that comes to mind. So you can put, I mean, last night my husband noticed that one of his socks had a hole in it. So I'm like, okay, put it in the Ridwell threads bag. Or Mm. if, but if like, if Molly had leftover fabric from her wizarding cape, she could put it in there. (laughs) (laughs) And so, but they also do, they do plastic film, batteries, light bulbs, styrofoam, um, number one plastic, like clamshells. Yeah. So that's very uh, cool. Very great mm -hmm. resource for, for us to be able to share. Yes, because they're definitely spreading to a lot more cities. And I think, I don't know, I think it's just a kind of west of the Rocky Mountains type phenomenon. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty, I think they might be in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm not sure. But anyway, yeah, I, I love Ridwell and the people are super nice. That's awesome. And easy to do. You don't have to take it anywhere, you know. Yeah. So you all occasionally do panels and you've talked about that on your YouTube channel, which I'm going to link to in the show notes. You do those with folks from various other groups in the running industry, like Running Industry Diversity Coalition, Queer Running Society, and and Mother. So you, mm-hmm. can you talk about that synergy, please? Oh, yeah. Like, we live to lift up our peer organizations. There are so many people out there doing amazing, amazing work, and it's our responsibility to help lift up their voices. So we love to try to find ways that we intersect. We had a panel in September where we had some voices from the RIDC on there, Um, You know, just talking about the intersectionality of DEI work and environmentalism. So we love being able to collaborate and talk about how our organizations can combine to make a really big impact on our planet. But at the same time, we really love to just lift up the work that they're doing. Nice. So do you feel there's anything we haven't covered? I mean, you all are doing such great work and it's uh, the depth and breadth of what you are doing is so impressive. But is there anything we haven't touched on that you want to highlight? Oh, you know, I just want to really encourage you all to go to your local running store. Please continue to shop local. It's so important. The amount of work and effort that goes into owning a running store is, is a lot, but 
there's some incredible communities that have been built through these amazing stores. And it's this, these tiny stores that are going to make a huge difference when it comes to environmentalism. So go to your local running store, shop with them, talk to them about your questions. Don't be intimidated by it. We are all so new to this. None of us are experts. And we have some incredible, incredible business owners on our board and part of our leadership team at the LIA. And there's just so much amazing ideas that are happening out there. And we would love for you guys to be a part of it. Nice. Well, and, and Great. You, you saying that there are you know, new members to it. I mean, I just still am in awe that you've been running for five years and this <laughs> is where this is where you are with, with all this and making such a difference. So thank you so much, Carrie. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I look forward to meeting you in Austin. Yes. Yes. Me too. Wow. She is just doing, they're just doing amazing stuff. Oh yeah. And she's so young and only been at this five years. It's amazing. It is. I think just we, goes to show what you can do. I know. And we need more like, leaders like that. Yeah. And, mm-hmm, foot soldiers. Yeah. Right now we need every bit of difference we can make. And that's so great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Well, please rate our podcast on iTunes and write a quick, hopefully glowing review. Given the way iTunes works, getting reviews helps podcasts find new listeners. So if you're not a writer review kind of gal, we recently learned from our podcast survey that the majority of our listeners find our podcast via word of mouth. So please tell new friends about our show, maybe some gals in your running group, you know, the new mother runner who just started working at your company, your cousins, your pals on Facebook, whoever it is. And however you do it, please help us spread the word about the Another Mother Runner podcasts. I really appreciate it. Our podcast today was produced in St. Paul, Minnesota by Barry Medore from Fire on the Bluff. I'm done with my beverage. Tea done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for staying with us. This is Miles of Books, our bonus monthly segment. That's a quick chat with Liz Waterstrot, a coach in our Train Like a Mother Club and one of my occasional podcast co-hosts. We talk about her passionate endeavor of reading nonfiction books. Hello, Liz. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm good. I am fresh off of a bike ride today. It's, mm. it's a beautiful day here. Mm, nice. It's a gorgeous day here too in Portland, although I swam. So <laughs> mm. I have not been outside a whole bunch. So sounds like since the last time we talked, you've been on a bit of a streak of dud books. Not so much duds, mm, but okay. books that I don't know they had big insights or that I felt like they would resonate with our audience. Okay. But since you asked, Mm -hmm. I will share that the most delightful book I've read recently Mm -hmm. was called Walking. (laughs) And it's, yeah, the book is just this small little book. It's by the man's name is Erling Kaga, something Mm. like that. He's some big adventurer. Mm. uh, And it was just his musings on walking. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know if you know this. Did you know I worked at a magazine called Walking for four years? Was it really all about walking? (laughs) Just like this book? (laughs) Don't hide the enthusiasm in your voice there. (laughs) Well, okay. So we have to dig into this. Was it about just like going out for a walk or was it about race walking? It was a health and fitness magazine based on walking. So largely fitness walking. We did occasionally cover 
race walking and one of our contributing editors was a high ranking race walker at the time, a man. Wow. So it was basically like runner's world, but for walkers. Yeah. So that was, I lived outside of Boston at the time and it was headquartered right near the finish line of the Boston Marathon. And yeah, I uh, edited shoe reviews there and articles and I got to go on fabulous photo shoots because of course we did fashion spreads in Walking Magazine. <laughs> That's really interesting. I, yeah. I had no I had no idea. But if you've ever taken a walk through say a Barnes and Nobles, mm-hmm. there is a magazine for everything. Well, and, and to, to say that now, think back when magazines yeah. actually existed in yes. you know and flourished. Yes. It was interesting. It's where I met my best friend, Chalkley. She was in the art department and I had the tiniest, tiniest office. Yeah. So it was good times. I'm still friends with a lot of people from there. Honey. Yeah. Anyway, so I I joke that I have my bachelor's degree in walking (laughs) because I spent four years there. (laughs) Consider reading this book. Like I said, it's just delightful. It's not like a self-help book. It's just if you walked in many different places and thought about what walking meant in life. To, and how it all connected us. Hmm. Um, yeah. Anyhow, hmm. we are I, on a tangent. We are. We are. I'm thinking that I might get it for my older sister. She's a walker. Oh, so, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Yes. All right. So, okay. So, so you felt like there weren't books that you could kind of pull lessons out of, but you have been continuing your endeavor to read a certain number of books for this year. And I understand you've reached an important milestone. Yes. So share that with us. Well, this year I had set out to read 52 books, so a book mm-hmm. per week, and mm-hmm. I completed that a few weeks ago. Woohoo! Woohoo! Yes, there's confetti that dropped from the ceiling. <laughs> Some clowns knocked on the door. <laughs> Champagne was popped. Right. <laughs> so, so it's like racing, you know, like when did you feel that you were getting ahead, you know, like going at a clip of more than a book a week? Like at what point did you think, okay, I might do this before the end of the year? <laughs> Well, I, I suspected, well, this little chat that we have every month is a big uh, <laughs> kick in the behind. It's the tailwind in my in my rear to get those books read. But, um, you know, I've talked about it before and we have no affiliation with it. But the app that I use, the Goodreads app, mm-hmm. does let you know if you are ahead or behind of your reading goal. And there is oh. something very motivating about seeing how many books you are ahead of your goal. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I've I've been ahead for a while. You know, but it's it's still it's a nice little personal achievement that doesn't earn me anything other than the <laughs> satisfaction of knowing that I set out to do it and I honored I honored that for yes, myself. Yes, and you, now you get bragging rights on this no, bonus segment. Yeah, you don't get yeah. bragged. I'm not. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. And <laughs> the great the great thing about you know, unlike a race, if you go out too quickly at the beginning of the year, you know, it's not like you're going to burn out, perhaps. So, well, you know. <laughs> well, it depends on what you're reading. <laughs> so now that you've reached your goal, you know, we have more than a month left while well, we have like six weeks left in the year. What does that mean for your reading? You know, you're just going to kick back and cheer on others as they come across their finish line or what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, my pile of books waiting in the queue is taller than ever and I keep adding to it. So <laughs> I will keep reading. And I don't know if that means I have a problem. Or if I just really enjoy reading, but Uh I thought about this. I went for a walk last night and I thought about this Mm. and I thought to myself, you know, when I sit down and read a book and then I close that book, I never walk away from that feeling like Mm 
oh, I should do less of this, or Mm. I shouldn't make space for this in my life, or I could be spending my time better somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So it's been one of those habits that is not easy to create or keep, but I also can't think of a good reason to let it go. Yeah. Well, no, it's definitely no one's asking you to do that. I think it is a very healthy habit and one that seems to bring you a lot of joy. Yeah. Yeah, it does. All right. So was there a recurring theme that popped up in many of the books you read in 2023? There was, you know, last night I set the big stack of books on my desk Mm. from my list of 52. And I just looked and I thought, what do they have in common? And it certainly, you know, they were all nonfiction, but they were from different subgenres, whether Mm. it was parenting Mm -hmm. or nature, leadership, self-help. But I think that the subgenre didn't matter. What I found was, I would say, three, three to four things that came across. And the first one is this idea of pausing. And I think this is really important in our modern life, just taking the time to pause and reflect. You know, a lot of these books talked about how life moves so fast. We have this barrage of stimuli and information constantly coming at us. So it's in our best interest to get in the practice of slowing down and and how hard that is because there's so many competing influences and things trying to grab our our attention. So Mm -hmm. I would say pausing was a big theme in the books. Mm, That's intriguing. I'm also intrigued. I didn't realize that you read numerous subgenres, as you so brilliantly put it. I just envisioned (laughs) you always reading these kind of books that were like the ones you talk about on the podcast that are kind of related to betterment and athletic pursuits and mindset and that sort of thing. So I'm intrigued that you also read nature books and parenting books, things like that. Mm, You're so diverse. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Do you want to hear more about the themes? I've got a few more. I would like to hear more about the themes, my dear. Okay. All right. Connection was a theme, Mm -hmm. how we all have this illusion of being connected, but yet we're getting away from that genuine in-person real life connection and how it's really important to continue to make time for that. Mm -hmm. Another big theme I would say is developing resilience or this idea of hardiness and psychological flexibility or discomfort tolerance. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that many of these books agreed that life is getting more comfortable and easier, which is maybe minimizing our hardiness or our exposure to discomfort. Mm -hmm. So I felt like that was something that was woven into all of these books. And, you know, the last theme that I found was purpose, just Mm -hmm setting aside the time and really giving a good thing to what are you all about and where do you want to go? What's your purpose? Hmm. All right. That kind of circles then back to the pausing that it's more easy to think about your purpose when you pause and kind of eddy out of the fast flow of life. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of the great reasons why one exercises is you can have that time to reflect because there is, you know, there's not so much bombarding you. Yeah. At least I feel that way in the pool and oftentimes while I'm running too. Well, isn't that interesting that you said the pool because you can't be listening to a podcast or you can't be listening to music. You can't be talking to your best running friends. And so Mm -hmm. I think that part of that pause is to really take the time to quiet yourself and to get in touch with the good and the bad thoughts and, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) everything Mm -hmm. that comes with silence. Mm -hmm. Because you really never know where your mind will go. No. You know, it could just kind of chew on some song lyrics for a whole bunch of laps, or maybe you, you know, scheme on what, you, what your menu is going to be for Thanksgiving. You know, you just kind of never, 
can tell what your mind will decide to ruminate and meditate on. So true. Yeah. So what are two or three books that really stand out in your mind from this year so far? Sure. Well, I I looked at my list and I I removed everything that we already talked about. Okay. So three books. Mm-hmm. One is going to be along that subgenre of parenting. And the mm-hmm. book is called Work, Parent, and Thrive. Mm-hmm. And I know that not everyone in our, our audience is quote unquote a parent, but we have awesome aunties and we have business executives and we have fur moms. And so I felt like mm-hmm. this book actually contained things beyond just those applicable to parents. Uh, mm-hmm. It's 12 science-backed strategies to ditch guilt, manage overwhelm, and grow connection. And there's some of those themes mm. I just talked about. Yeah. I loved the book, of course. I mean, as a parent, I really liked it. But one of my favorite quotes ever came out of this book. And mm-hmm. it was by a, a woman named Ursula K. Le Guin, who herself, mm-hmm. yes. I think is an, a fiction. Oregon. She writer. is. She's oh, a oh, sci-fi writer and she uh, oh, lived here in Oregon. Yes. Stay pride. Woo woo. Ursula Le Guin. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> uh, so anyhow, the quote is, it is good to have an end to journey towards, but it is the journey that matters in the end. Mm. I just love that. I oh, just love is. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the next book was, I, and this is probably one of your favorite guys, but it's Master of Change by Brad Stuhlberg. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, <laughs> Brad is, he's the man when it comes to writing about resilience and doing hard things along with his uh, his buddy, Steve Magnus. But um, I really liked it. It was just a roadmap for how to navigate change and move forward in the face of obstacles. I think he wrote that book kind of, it was born from the challenges we all faced in the pandemic. And, you know, Brad just, he's a deep thinker and it really mm. comes across in the book and he brings in a lot of different research. So I liked that one a lot. Mm, I love a good deep thinker. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And finally, I'm pulling one from the subgenre of nature. Okay. All right. And, and this is this is a little out there, so I can't say it will click with everyone, but the book is called Rooted by Leanda Lynn Haupt. And it was just this calling that we are at a crossroads where now more than ever, it's important to remain rooted in the wildness of the wilderness and to make sure you take time to find yourself and get outside, experience the magic and wonder of the natural world. I love this book. I bought this book at the bookstore of a local arboretum on a cold winter day after I had gone cross-country skiing. And the whole experience was so, I I don't know, just enlivening to me, like invigorating just to be out there and skiing. And then I went into this little bookstore and I got lost in the books and I found this one. And I love nature. Um, It was my first career was in nature. So I just really liked her way of bringing nature to life in the pages. Hmm. And how nice that then that book was a reminder of that wonderful adventure that you had outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing. I feel like I really learned a lot about you, Liz, in this, this short conversation. (laughs) Thank you. There's always a surprise, Sarah. What else? (laughs) Oh my goodness. All right. Well, thanks for chatting, Liz. Thanks, Sarah. talking about her favorite endeavor. No, I'm not. Mm -mm. Nope. (laughs) Okay. I'm starting all over again, Barry. Are we talking about (laughs) drinking coffee? (laughs) 